0: Trauma Therapist Podcast, episode 248. Welcome to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. My name is Guy McPherson, and this is a podcast where I interview thought leaders and game changers in the fields of trauma, addiction, mindfulness, and yoga, with the goal of inspiring and educating anyone who works with individuals who've been impacted by trauma. I'm super excited you're here with me today. Here we go. All right, guys, before we get started, uh, first off, I want to thank everyone who's uh, tuning in to listen. I mean, I so appreciate um you've taken the time to do this. I know there are a lot of other things, uh, vying for your attention. And I just want to say thank you for taking the time for your support and for all the emails that, uh, you've been sending me, uh, regarding the podcast. Uh, one of the things I also want to do before we get started today is to, uh, share some information about my membership community trauma therapist 2.0, because sometimes I feel like I don't, uh, explain what it is uh, I know there have been a number of people who've joined recently but there've also been some people who are emailing me asking me questions you know wondering if it's right for them or if, if it's not and they want to check it out and I just want to take some time a couple of minutes here just to uh, get more specific about that first off uh, the community is called trauma Therapist 2.0 and my goal really is to help newer clinicians thrive, to inspire, to provide a platform where those who are passionate about trauma, passionate about learning uh, how to provide trauma treatment and beginning their trauma informed journey can come and get support and get community and gain confidence. And first off, I do that um, by providing a, a platform, a community that really is comprised of three Uh, Four elements, actually. First off, video interviews of seasoned uh, trauma therapists in the fields, or I should say individuals, trauma workers, people in the field of mindfulness, uh, psychology, uh, yoga. My goal with these video interviews compared to what I'm doing on the podcast, really, is to ask them to break down how they're working with their clients step by step so you can learn and really kind of utilize that in your own practice, okay? On the podcast, my goal really is different, is really to kind of squeeze as much inspiration out of my guests as I can. But with Trauma Therapist 2.0, it's really different in that sense. So that's number one, the video interviews. Number two, the private Facebook community. And this really is, in a sense, kind of the beating heart of the membership site, the membership community. People are able to post questions and ask for support and ask for guidance and ask for tools and resources and share what they're learning, what they're going through. And it's a space where everyone's able to see that, you know, we're not all perfect. We're not all uh, seasoned clinicians with decades of experience under our belt um that kind of leads me into who is this for this is for also you know if you're if you're a therapist if you're a social worker if you're a yogi and you're passionate about learning about trauma if you're a survivor and you're passionate about learning about trauma trauma you can find uh, a home here a resource here okay so we have the video interviews we have the private Facebook group we also have crucial skills based videos that I've done myself and these are uh, short concise videos that I've done to explain really basic but fundamental and crucial skills such as grounding such as working with the window of tolerance uh, doing assessment and so forth Um, and finally there are MP3s of all the videos files? So you could take them and you can listen to them on your on your phone or whatever. You don't have to watch them. Okay. Uh one of the other questions I often get is: what if I don't like it or it's not for me? Uh, do you offer a refund? And the answer is yes. Look, if this is not for you, um, with all due respect, it's it's not a good fit. And that's fine. This is not for everybody, but if you decide to enroll. You want to check it out for 30 days. And then after that, you decide it's not right for you. You get a refund. Bam. No questions asked. Okay. I want this community to be filled with people who are passionate uh, about trauma, learning about trauma, and who want to be in it. And it's as simple as that. Another question, uh, how many videos are there and how often are they posted? Present time, there are 25 uh, instructional videos in the library on topics, again, such as dissociation and trauma, eco-psychology, surviving to thriving, treating PTSD in dissociative identity clients. There, Again, there are also nine of the shorter skills-based videos, which I've done myself, uh, again, on grounding, using a window of tolerance, also exploring your why for doing this. New videos become available. Uh, I post them as they become available. Okay. Um, uh, what else? Another question I get asked often is, "What's the investment?" Uh, you can join at the month level, uh, which is forty-seven a month, or the year uh, rate, which is four seventeen per year. Okay. Uh, if this sounds like something that you want to check out i'd love you to check out check it out and you can do that at the traumatherapistpodcast.com all right guys let's get into our interview today all right guys welcome back to the trauma therapist P- podcast my name is guy mcpherson and I'm very excited uh today to introduce my guest tara cantrell tara welcome
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: All right. So Tara is a young trauma therapist who works as a private practitioner in Charlotte, North Carolina. She holds a Master's of Clinical Mental Health Counseling from Montreat College and provides evidence-based therapies for trauma, including EMDR and cognitive processing therapy. Tara specializes in working with women who've been sexually abused. Before becoming a licensed therapist, Tara did direct care in inpatient and residential settings, working with individuals with eating disorders, substance abuse, physical aggression, and suicidality, noting that so often these challenges were rooted in trauma. This set the stage for her specialization in trauma. All right, Tara, obviously just a bit about you. Um, Where are you uh, from and uh, where where are you calling from?
1: Um, So I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina now, but I've only been here for about a year. Um, I come from the mountains of
0: north carolina the appalachian mountains actually <laughs> wow okay cool you know in your bio i meant to ask you is it that is montreat college yep,
1: okay yeah you got it. Yep. all
0: right awesome um all right so let's start out you know we start out with um a what a, a poem a, a mantra a quote whatever something uh to give our listeners a, kind of an idea of what's to come what, what do you have for us
1: Well, um, I went round and round with this one because um, there's just inspiration everywhere. And I do tend to take inspiration from poetry and works of fiction. Uh, And so I decided to go with one that started for me in childhood being something that I took inspiration from. And it's... um, It's just a phrase. It's courage, dear heart. And if you're familiar with, uh, C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, you may recognize that as part of a passage from the voyage of the Dawn Treader. (laughs) But, um, for my whole life, this concept of courage has been something that I constantly come back to. Um, so (laughs) I would say that that one is the one that I ended up choosing because I have such a long history with
0: it. All right. Well, you gotta, you gotta unpack that a bit more. Why courage what what do you mean you have a long history with about related to courage share with our listeners what you're talking about
1: you know growing up i experienced a lot of anxiety as a kid uh, particularly with new people and new situations and so the idea of being courageous despite that um was a topic that was really important to me and so i I have a long history of trying to convince myself of doing things, no matter how terrifying they may be. And to be honest, therapy, becoming a therapist is one of those things that I was absolutely terrified to do and decided, you know what, courage, courage, dear heart, do it anyway. Well,
0: well, I'll tell you, there are probably a lot of listeners out there going, okay, I can really relate to this. Tell me more. Tell me more. And I'm one of those people. How did you give me an example of of, of something like that? I mean, aside from becoming a therapist, give, give us another example.
1: Another example yeah. of courage?
0: Yeah, of how you kind of overcame your anxiety and, and did something.
1: Oh, well, most of the things that come to mind have been in the context of therapy, like, you know, internships and stuff like that. Um Going back earlier than that would probably have everything to do with meeting new people. Mm -hmm. That's always been um, a big fear of mine, especially as a kid, meeting new people, um, some social anxiety or whatever. Uh, (laughs) It's always been a challenge for me. And so I've consistently just pushed myself to do what makes me afraid because I don't want to be overcome by
0: fear. That's Uh, awesome. I want
1: to be, yeah, I want to be courageous.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's it's funny because there's some things going on in my life right now where I'm like, oh, I'm really scared to do that thing. But hearing you is, is inspiring. So I'm uh, glad to be speaking with you today.
2: (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah.
0: So, you know, as, as I read in your bio, you know, you're a, you know, quote, quote-unquote young trauma therapist. So, you know, you don't have 50 books out there. You're not speaking all internationally. Um, and I think that's really awesome. And I think it's important for our listeners to hear that, you know, to and to know that I just don't have on, um, you know, the the the, the Pat Ogdens and the Kathy Steele's of, of the trauma mm-hmm. field. That's not my goal. My goal is to have on people who are passionate about this work. So, you know, having said that, Share with our listeners how you got into this field, how you got into the specialization. Why trauma? And tell us that story.
1: I feel like this is a good story. So this might be my favorite part of what we talk about today. Um, as a kid, uh, growing up, I visited a lot of children's homes with my family, like kids who were, for whatever reason, not able to live with their families. And uh, that had a really lasting impact on me. So I think it got started there. But then when I was 19... Um, I got a job working in rehab, but I was working with the families who had been impacted by a loved one's addiction. And so, um, I was particularly working with kids and I was seeing the pain that they went through, um, living with someone who had been addicted and loving them and not understanding what was going on and feeling like maybe their parents didn't love them when, you know, able to help them realize that that that's not true. Their parents do love them. Um, but they don't always show it because of what they're going through. And so that showed me the power that we have being in this field of being able to help someone completely change their perspective on their lives and ultimately change their lives. So I remember I was like a, an assistant to the children's program. And I remember talking to the director and she was asking me what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, I remember telling her that, you know, I want to work with people who have been abused. I want to work with people who have been traumatized. And uh, I remember her response confused the life out of me. I didn't, I, I didn't get it at the time, but I feel like I get it now. Um, she actually gave me a compliment that I didn't recognize as a compliment at the time. <laughs> but she said, um, you have a very non-threatening personality and that will serve you well should you choose to do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Uh, okay, <laughs> But now being in this field and working with individuals with trauma, I recognize that having that non-threatening personality, it really has served me well because people are willing to open up to me. They're willing to talk because they they get the sense that I'm not going to judge them, that I'm not mm-hmm. going to be harsh. And she was right. And now I see it as the compliment that it was, but mm-hmm. it took some time. So that started. That started everything, but the tipping point came um, with my husband's story. So I married my husband uh, eight years ago, eight and a half years ago actually. Um, and about I don't know four years into our marriage or so, he um, I, I knew about his trauma history. You know, before we got married, I was familiar with it, and at times intimately familiar with it, as it was ongoing at times. Um, but about four years into our marriage, he started having nightmares and they started at like, you know, twice a week. Um, and he kept hoping that they would just go away. These nightmares were like specifically related to childhood trauma. And, um, he just, he kept hoping that they would go away. Uh, And instead they just increased by the time I convinced him to see a therapist, he was having nightmares five times a week Mm -hmm. and the nights that he wasn't having nightmares, he was too afraid to go to sleep. Um, Because of what he was going to be reliving in his dreams. Um, So, I convinced him to see a therapist. And he went for EMDR, which is how I got started in EMDR. Um, He went for four sessions. uh, like Crazily, he went for four sessions. And um, that was about three or four years ago. And he hasn't had those traumatic nightmares since. But not only that, but seeing like... not just the reduction of the nightmares, but also seeing the trickle down effect of how it impacted his daily life and the positive growth that came out of that. It it was the tipping point for me that it was like, that made such a big difference in his life that I want to do that for other
0: people. Mm -hmm. So when you, were you a therapist at the time your husband started going through these nightmares?
1: No, I was grad school. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, First of all, thank you for for sharing uh, both of those stories. Um, I, they're just so uh, uh, resonant and, and inspiring in a sense for me. I want to ask you about those early experiences you said you had. Your parents took you to these homes. How old were you when you went to those? What were they, like foster homes or group homes?
1: Yes, group homes. Yeah. Um, I would have been maybe probably eight years old. Uh-huh. And
0: they, wh- so why did they take you there?
1: Um, we would go and we would spend time with the kids uh-huh. and we would bring like supplies that the group home needed. Uh, it was part of a church group that my parents were with. Okay. And so every year we would go a couple times a year just to take them out for back to school shopping because most of them didn't have the resources for, you know, new clothing or shoes that they needed or school supplies. And, um, the agency itself didn't have a lot of money either and so it was almost like the church had adopted Mm -hmm. this group and they would take these kids out every year and sometimes a couple times a year depending on what was going on and um, the kids would get involved and youth would get involved and the parents would get involved and we would make a day of it.
0: Um, What a a great experience.
1: (laughs) It really was. It was was impacting.
0: Yeah. You know you, you talked about early on you talked about uh, kind of overcoming fear or kind of confronting these, this anxiety or anxieties you've had fears you've mm-hmm. had. And you said that, uh, you know, kind of built into this, this journey of becoming a therapist and doing this work. There's been a lot of that. And oh, yeah. I, and I know this is, this is really beneficial for our listeners. Cause I, I, I know cause I was there myself. <laughs> Talk about, some of that fear, specifically related to doing this work.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, one of my greatest professional struggles has been a fear of confrontation, mm. um, people being upset with you, or just experiencing overwhelming emotions. And you know, if, if you've worked with trauma, you know that that sometimes comes up. Um, healing can be messy, stories can be messy, and and emotions can get high, and that. It can be really terrifying. <laughs> for someone who's a, afraid of confrontation, that can be terrifying. Um, but one thing that's been helpful to me is that I ran across this quote from Brene Brown. So here's another quote for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the willingness to show up changes us. It makes us a little braver each time. And so I just sort of count on that, that just by showing up, I'm becoming a little bit braver. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to let the fear keep me from doing the work that, that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. It, but well,
0: it does, but it, it also one. makes me want to press you a little, little more okay. and, and freak, <laughs> ask you to share a specific example of, of that. Was there a particular example of, of a confrontation you had?
1: Oh yes. Okay. There's, there's been a few. G- g- give
0: it to us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So this one happened in grad school, actually. Um, it, it's the one that sticks out in my mind the most But I had this girl who she was inpatient. um, She had tried to kill herself. And while she was there, she um, had a run-in with this other kid. And then she had been sharing that he was threatening to hurt her. And um, Anyway, her family comes and she tells them that he was threatening to hurt her. It wasn't the whole story. The whole story was way more complicated than that. He he was um, cognitively impaired you know you can't really share that with other families um he didn't quite understand what was going on or that his language was coming across as threatening um she shared it with her family that he was threatening to hurt her and her dad just understandably he was worried about his child's safety he was panicking you know he had just had this major trauma in his life in which his child had tried to kill himself in their home Um, and so his emotions were already on high alert and he here we are thinking that, you know, he has very little control in a hospital setting, um, where she's inpatient. And, uh, he, he confronted me in her room and he was just so upset. And and that triggered me like my fear of, oh my gosh, here's this rather large man and he's screaming at me and <laughs> he, he's posturing and I'm getting more and more anxious. <laughs> and, um, I I guess I just went with my instincts at that moment, which was, you know, remain calm somehow. I'm not really sure how I remained calm. (laughs) Um, But just confront it. Just, just, Just do it. Talk to him. Like, try to help understand, get underneath, like, what's going on for him. Getting underneath this anger and address this fear. Like, I recognize that you're afraid and you feel powerless here. And let me help you understand that your daughter's safety is important to us, Mm. too. And I was able to calm him down. But um, emotionally, for me, it certainly took a lot out of me. Um, (laughs) That's that's the story that comes to mind. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, Tara, as as you're talking, you know, it it strikes me that um, it seems like this— From a very early age. And I think uh, I'm going back again to, you know, your parents taking you to these homes and what you saw there. Maybe not even what you remembered seeing there, but what you kind of took in somatically, you know, through your body and how that's kind of led you uh, to this point where you're like, you're, you're, it seems like you're, you're strengthening that, that courage muscle, you know, by kind of confronting all these uh, personal anxieties and maybe micro fears that you have. I mean, I love it. I think that's such a great lesson for, for me. (laughs) And it's such a great lesson for our listeners too, within this work, you know? Yeah, I love it. Um, So let's, let's talk more about, uh, you know, you, you shared a lot of uh, what, what got you into, uh, uh, you know, via the, the experience with, with your husband and so forth trauma and so forth. What do you think it is about you that enables you to, yeah. to, to, to do this work, to, to, to work with individuals who've been traumatized? What is it about you?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. One to, uh, a lot of self-awareness, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, for me, I think that even though I have challenges with, you know, being fearful of overwhelming emotion. One thing that I have learned about myself that's helpful is somehow, and perhaps it's that, you know, non-threatening personality that my old boss was talking about. I have the ability to help people open up about things that they've never shared. it mm-hmm. It's, I can't tell you how many times a client or even a friend has just said, I've never shared that with anybody mm-hmm. and I didn't plan to share it with you, but for whatever reason, it just came out. Um, So I think it speaks to, like, that's my guess, is it comes from that non-threatening personality and being able to engage people where they are and show genuine care and compassion. Um, So I'd say that's one thing. Mm -hmm. The other strength that I feel like I have is um, I'm able to hear people's stories without taking them on, like being able to sit with them in their story without taking it on myself. And I think that benefits both of us.
0: Say more about that.
1: Well, early on before in my direct care days, I worked at a PRTF, uh, which is a Psychiatric Residential Treatment Facility, locked facility. I uh, worked with kids with some pretty horrendous stories. Uh, I remember like, one nine-year-old who was being um, sold by her mother for drugs um, for sexual favors, uh, and sitting with her and hearing her story and the importance of being able to sit with her be able to control my reaction so that I can actually help her and then not take it home at the end of the day somehow be able to compartmentalize this like for my sake and for her sake you know I've got to be able to sit with her without being overwhelmed by what she's sharing with me um, I think that <laughs> that's a gift
0: <laughs> That's a gift I mean that's something that uh, a lot of us have to work towards, you know, to to get to. Is that just something that comes naturally to you?
1: Yes and no. Um I think that in some ways it it is natural that I'm able to compartmentalize. It's part of my personality, which you know can also be challenging. But it also it's still something that I work at because invariably, even if you're good at it, there are gonna be these stories that do get to you. Um, and being able to practice that self care and seek supervision and and trust mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can do only what you can do. Right, um, right. You know, most of the time I do a pretty good job of being able to compartmentalize. But you know, I had a five year old talk to me about sex one day and what she knew about sex and how someone had tried to do that with her, and I'll say that one that that one slipped through my compartmentalization. Um, yeah. So. It's certainly not something I'm perfect at but does it, it is something that um, I'm better at I suppose than okay. I have been in the past or it's a it's a gift
0: <laughs> how about uh, a clinical error
1: mm. oh yes I thought about <laughs> this one too <laughs> uh, this one I have a hard time explaining so work with me so i I was working with this woman who had the um this really long, complicated trauma history of things that, like, at that time I had really only heard of, like, happening in movies. And um, I was able to control my reaction to her trauma, but then it was the way she was describing it. She came from this strengths-based perspective. She was talking about putting it in this context of, yes, this is what I've been through, and yes, I still have some healing that needs to take place from this, but I'm a a survivor, and I've proved it to myself time and time again. I made it through that. I'll make it through the things I'm going through now. And I was just overwhelmed, honestly, by her resiliency. And um, that that reaction got the better of me. <laughs> um, and so on, you know, unintentionally, my reaction... of learning how to balance mm-hmm. balance, validating what people have been through balance our, our um, recognizing the beauty of their strength with also showing them that we have the ability to sit with them through that, the ability to help them contain what's happened and not be overwhelmed by it ourselves. Um, I, have, I have a hard time really explaining the lesson that I took from that. that is something I very much feel. Um, just it taught me the importance of being able to have that balance and walk that delicate line.
0: Yeah, I think um, you're actually doing a really good job of articulating something that a lot of us uh, have a question mark about you know to how do I respond to this story? Maybe it's a a horrific story that's someone is 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 relating to me. do I, Respond? Do, do I say anything? Do, am I supposed to sit there like some, you know, uh, mindfulness guru and let it wash over? What am I supposed to do? But so so uh, so. What did you, what what did you do?
1: It's it's such a balance. At that time, I was just so overwhelmed by what she was communicating to me that. I had a hard time talking. I mean, you could see it all over my face. I was just like, I am amazed at what you've been through. And just I had such a hard time containing what was going on for me that that she had so much innate resiliency it was mm-hmm. just amazing to me. Um, and it, it communicated uh, what I didn't intend to communicate. And so I've realized since then, like, you have to walk this delicate line and I think it's trial and error how you figure out the balance between learning to validate their story and what they've been through while also showing them that you can sit with them through it without being overwhelmed by it yourself. It's just yeah, it's a hard line. <laughs> I
0: agree. I mean, for me, it's, it's a lot about authenticity. You know, it's a lot about trusting your your yourself. You're you're trusting the process of, and a lot of it has to do with the relationship you have with that person too, right? Um, uh. Uh, a lot of it has to do with. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of, I should say, uh, confidence. I mean, from my own point of view, from my own perspective, in trusting my. Self in this relationship that I have with this client. I mean, I, I think if we get too much in our heads about, oh my God, what am I supposed to say? Am I not supposed to do this? I mean, you know, I'm looking this way. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think this comes from, you know, doing it and work, working at it. I mean, a lot of it's interesting that you bring this up because it's such a great topic and it, it's a topic that really comes up a lot in these interviews. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and I talked a bit about before we started recording. You know, um, you know, I've had on people who've been in this field for decades, and and newer clinicians, you know, like yourself. But inevitably, this this topic comes up about uh, just this topic about the authenticity and how we get to a point, and how the those people who've been in this field for for many many years, how they got to that point. And I think it's it's moving through and working through that process that you're t- specifically talking about mm-hmm. now. You know,
1: I think it comes like your ability to walk that line more effectively comes from falling off of it a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's in that where you really truly grow and learn the self-awareness that it takes. I mean, it 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 takes it takes self-awareness really to be able to recognize, like, this is what I'm communicating on accident. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, this is what I want to communicate. And I'm I'm not doing I'm not doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in some ways it really does take practice walking that line and recognizing that you're probably going to fall off of it from time to time. And those are going to be the moments where you really grow and you take that information to learn, oh, (laughs) oh, okay. So by handling it this way, by showing the intensity of my reaction, I communicated something I didn't intend to communicate.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Tara, what's your why for doing this work?
1: (laughs) Well, I read a quote from Mother Teresa explaining that the greatest poverty is the poverty of being unloved, unwanted, and uncared for. And I realized some time ago, the impact that trauma plays in this very topic. uh, And it made me want to help. Now that I've been practicing, I see the way that trauma therapy can help alleviate suffering the way that it did for my husband. Mm. Um, and I see that it, it can completely change someone's life, bringing them hope when they didn't have any, in fact, you know, I'm grateful that my husband allows me to share his story. Um, one of the things that he often says is that before going to therapy, he had no real hope that anything would help. Mm. And that the thing he took away from the first session with Working with someone who knew how to treat trauma and they knew what they were doing was he took away some hope that there might be something And I think that now I live for giving that hope And then following through on it, obviously, but in my first sessions That's my ultimate goal is to try to inspire hope because I want to help people be able to live better lives I want to help alleviate the kind of poverty that Mother Teresa was talking about, which is directly related to trauma. Yeah,
0: thank you for sharing that. Um, in terms of uh, suggestions or advice for other, uh, you know, clinicians just wanting to wanting to get into this field, maybe they're anxious, maybe they're like I was, you know, maybe they're scared, maybe they don't don't know what the heck to do. What would you say to them?
1: Don't wing it. <laughs> um, I would say to get good training. Get training in something that fits you because not every, not every therapy out there, not every style is going to fit you. Mm -hmm. Find something that fits you. Get training in it. Um, Get, I mean, consultation in those trainings has been so helpful for me being able to bounce ideas off of people who know better than I know. Um, So training, consultation. um, But I learned, I have a friend who has a major trauma history and he went to therapists who they kind of wing it. And he left that, you know, they never completely addressed his trauma. And so he never really experienced um, much more than just management Mm -hmm. of symptoms. And when he was sharing his story with me, he was talking about how he left that feeling like he was unfixable, Mm -hmm. that there was no hope for him. And that brought this intense amount of shame. And that's that's what I would encourage new therapists is like is don't wing it learn get consultation you know have a mentor something something that is more than just you know trying to do whatever comes to mind
0: (laughs) nice nice Um, how about a go to book
1: well, being an EMDR therapist, <laughs> I would have to say that my favorite book is Getting Past Your Past from Francine Shapiro. Um, I, I tend to gravitate toward fiction. So when I find a nonfiction book that I finish, you know it's a good book. <laughs> um, and Getting Past Your Past is one that I finished. She, um, it's so practical and that's what I like about books in our field is that if they're practical while also explaining like it, it, it's a great resource for clinicians, whether they practice EMDR or not. And it's a great resource for clients, um, whether they're going through EMDR or not, because she does this great job of balancing, uh, education about what's going on in your brain, what's going on in your body and practical skills to use for helping calm some of those symptoms. Um, so, those skills can be used by therapists, whether they practice EMDR or not. They can also be used by clients. Um, so, I would have to say that's definitely my go to book. In fact, I use a lot of the um, calming skills that she has in here, like the light stream technique, the breathing shift, the calm, safe place, um, and just various others.
0: Okay. That's, so, that's. that's... My go-to. Uh, getting <laughs> getting Past Your Past, Take Control of Your Life with Self-Help Techniques from EMDR Therapy, yeah. um, again, by Francine Shapiro. Awesome. All right. Um, in terms of ways that people can contact with you, um, mm-hmm. what would you say? What's the best way?
1: best way is my website. Okay. You can find me at TaraCantrell.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, it's just Facebook.com slash <laughs> L P C A. Uh, but I check those very oh, okay. regularly and love engaging with people awesome. through
0: this podcast. Uh, so your website, Tara Cantrell, that's T-A-R-A-C-A-N-T-R-E-L-L.com. Okay. I'll have all this linked up at the show notes page at the traumatherapistpodcast.com. Tara, uh, you're awesome. I love talking to you, man, and uh, just really excited for people to... Uh, hear what you have to say it's you're inspiring I mean I think from the word from the get-go when you talked about you know your uh, courage and how that played into your life I love it we need to hear that stuff so thank you
1: oh, you're making me blush thank uh, you so oh. much <laughs> It's been an honor talking to you thank you so much for having me on
0: you are welcome all right take care you too. All right, folks, today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. I've teamed up with Audible to get you a free audiobook by going to the traumatherapistproject.com slash free book. That's the traumatherapistproject.com slash free book. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Look, if you're like me and you love reading and you like getting information, Wherever you can, whenever you can, from all over the place, this is a no-brainer. They have titles such as Trauma and Recovery by Judith Herman, The Body Keeps a Score by Bessel van der Kolk, and my recommendation most recently is Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Awesome book. They also have a pretty incredible return policy. How do I know this? Because I've used it multiple times. Once you remember, just go in, click on return, and that's it. You get a free book. You get another shot at getting another book. Sound good? Get your free audiobook by going to the slash free book.